Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year, Steelers Nation, from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time to bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code ALLSTEALERS for 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. Donnie, I got my box. I was pretty Mm -hmm. excited to open the box. I think what I was more excited for were the things underneath the box, the travel bag, and the sick newspaper. That was back there. No testimonial or testimonial had me dying, dying, bro. We save balls extra, extra. Read all about it. <laughs> Manscaped twenty percent off plus free shipping with promo code All Steelers. I think um, last week I talked about one of the most impressive things I got in my package was the weed whacker, the the hair and nose trimmer, just because like, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. Like, we're we're getting up there in age. Uh, those things are starting <laughs> to come, bro. Like it's really annoying. So. Um, the fact that I, I don't have to like try to navigate my nose, but just like a regular razor and I have a specific one for my nose, uh, I, I might be in the minority, but I think that's probably one of the like better gadgets I got in my box. The Weed Whacker is fantastic. I'm Italian. So, you know, I got hair everywhere, especially the nose. It gets a gabagool. I got to get the gabagool <laughs> up there every once in a while. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year with Maximum Games. A six-pack is a great New Year's resolution, but how about a six-pack for your balls? The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. Excuse me. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped, which is easily the coolest part. With a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver ball toner spray start the new year with a fresh set of testes thanks to manscaped manscaped even threw in a shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably and speaking of comfort the manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level i had not tested out the boxer briefs yet i am excited they are very soft manscaped also wants to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light, masculine, pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com, and your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the code ALLSTEALERS. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Donnie. I always feel like, yeah, I'm a little out of breath. Four minutes. We cut it down a whole minute that time. I'm excited about that next week. Marathon. 
maybe three minutes. Maybe we'll get that done in three minutes. Maybe the time after that. Maybe eventually this will be a 30-second ad read, which I somehow believe this is meant to be. I don't know. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in exit interviews. Somebody liked it, though. So I don't know if you saw that. Somebody somebody liked the Manscaped ad read. Pittsburgh Steelers are in exit interviews. It is now we're we're about to head into probably the most boring couple of weeks of the year. You know, Mm, at this point, we're waiting for Mobile. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to fire Matt Canada. We've just hit that point where it's just like, all right, what are we waiting on? We're waiting on to find out who the next quarterback is. We're waiting to find out who these free agents are, who they bring back. It's going to be, you know, a lot of what ifs for the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, the Steelers are talking exit interviews. Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins talked yesterday. Today, Akella Witherspoon took the stand. Presley Harvin talked. Um, opened up a lot about losing his father and his grandmother. A great story, a, a, a great story of strength. And then Cam Sutton did his Cam Sutton thing, being the best person in the room. Love that guy. Love his attitude. Mason and Dwayne, I don't know how much of it you caught. What were your first thoughts on them? And honestly, you know, if you were Mike Tomlin and they haven't gone into their exit interviews with him yet, you know, what are you asking these guys? I think the mission for both of them is clear. I think the idea and kind of the understanding that there's an opportunity ahead of them going into 2022. I don't think that's lost on anybody, uh, you know, whether it's Mason or Dwayne. Um, I, I saw the same message, the same message, excuse me, for Mason and Dwayne, but kind of coming from two different angles. Uh, for Mason, um, the guy who's been, uh, quote unquote, the, the kind of here and waiting, right? The hair, yeah. I, I guess, is the right word to pronounce that. Um, the, the guy who's been behind Ben for a certain amount of years, this is why the Steelers drafted him, right? To eventually mm-hmm. one day replace Big Ben Roethlisberger. That time has now come. We'll see if their plans come to fruition with that. So Mason, um, you know, granted, this plays a little bit into his personality. I thought he came across a little bit as like, this is my job to lose. Like, yeah. this is my spot. Like, this is why I'm here. I, I don't care about anybody else over here right now. Whereas Dwayne, it was more like, hey, this is an opportunity. Um, now is the time to go prove myself. I have to go put the uh, the work in during the offseason in order to compete for his number one job and prove that I'm capable, prove I'm the first round pick that it was a couple of years ago. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I, I did want to ask you about this. Whenever Mason said that he doesn't have to worry about stepping on anybody's toes yeah. moving forward now with, uh, with Roethlisberger gone. When I first heard that, I was um, not like skeptical, but I kind of found that funny, right? Because um, you you never really want that out of a backup quarterback and you don't want to hear that out of, you know, a guy like Mason, just because knowing his relationship with Big Ben probably wasn't great. I mean, we're we're talking about (laughs) a guy who slandered the pick of Mason Rudolph whenever it first happened without even meeting him. So like immediately off the bat, like they got off on the wrong foot. And like, I'm sure their relationship over time grew to be a little bit better of like a working relationship. But like, I, I don't think Ben was like having Mason over for dinner or, you know, just kind of like working out <laughs> with him in the off season. Maybe, you know. No, I don't. Do you think they ever hung out one time? You think oh, they ever hung out? Hell no. Hell <laughs> no. Not a, a, a snowball. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph wasn't invited to the cookouts that Juju no. was at and everything. It was just, it was just Ben. It was just Ben and Dwayne and then all the guys. I could see that, actually. I could definitely. Josh Dobbs was definitely there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Josh Dobbs was, like, designing some type of, like, NASA rocket ship in, in the backyard <laughs> for Ben. He was he was flying the drones in Ben's 
a county of a backyard. Yeah. While Juju's tanning and Mason's at home. <laughs> Mason not I guess seeing the opportunity to kind of be himself moving forward, which could be a bad or good thing, depending on how you look at Mason as a quarterback and as a person. And then Dwayne also kind of taking that same route, but also recognizing that, hey, I'm at maybe a little bit of a disadvantage here. I, I just got to go put into work throughout the offseason. Um, those are my main takeaways from that. Obviously, we still have a long ways to go. Uh, I mean, you, we, could, we could even get into what Mike Tomlin said about having mobility as, you know, something that, you know, is very valuable for NFL teams, including them moving forward and what doors that opens and all that. There's a there's a lot to unpack here. Um, but at least what I took away from Mason and Dwayne is that both of them know what's ahead of them. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think that they do both. And I think that Mason kind of understands that it is his job to lose right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's kind of true, you know, it, it, heading into the offseason at least, and even when summer starts. Like, Mason's going to get the first opportunity to prove he's a starting quarterback. I think he's earned that, you know. Even if we don't like what he has done as a starting quarterback, he's been here long enough to believe that, okay, you know, this is the Steelers' way. You have to at least give him a shot. Doesn't mean he's got to start. Doesn't mean he's even got to start a preseason game. But he has to have an opportunity to play with the ones come the summer. And I think he, he gets that. At, on the same hand – I think that he also understands that this just is an opportunity. And the stepping on the toes thing, I, I think that's going to help him. I think that for the first time in his career, he has an opportunity to go into an offseason and say, I don't have to compete for the number two job. I have to compete for the number one job. So w- when he said that, how did you take that? Like, wh- what is what would Mason be doing to be like stepping on toes at, at the facility? I, I took that as he more of a leadership thing more of you know there's intangibles to being a quarterback you have to be able to control an offense and I think that with Ben Roethlisberger around your job was not to do any of that it was just kind of to be a backup quarterback and the backup quarterback doesn't do much he hangs out plays on Wednesdays and that's pretty much it I think without him he can now show like yo guys I am a leader I, I can get it done off the field as well as on the field. I think that the intangibles is kind of and, – and at the same point, in game plan. I mean, if Matt Canada is not going anywhere and he, he addressed this, Mason Rudolph now has some say in what this offense is, and Matt Canada has even more say in what this offense is. I think Mason kind of threw it in there, and I don't think it was a jab at anything, but he kind of solidified it. Like he was like – yeah, you know, I think this year was a mesh of Ben and what Ben's comfortable with and Matt Canada's offense. And I think I took that as just like, nah, this was Ben's offense. This was Matt Canada was calling the play calls. And they weren't working, but he was only calling yeah, the play calls of a small selection of plays. I, th- I think the exact quote was, um, you know, with Ben, Ben could tell Canada, hey, these are the concepts and the schemes that I like. Whereas for Mason going forward, it was more of a like, hey, like I, I have to basically be at the hand of whatever Matt Canada wants to do. Um, so I, I think that all but confirmed. I mean, it, it was been for a, a lot of the season where basically um, the, the times where things were going well, it was Big Ben. So I, I think we might see a completely different offense with Mason Rudolph at the helmet, if that is indeed the case. Yeah, I agree. And when it comes to the mobility part, mo- both Mason and Dwayne kind of like, they're like, look, it, it, we're not running quarterbacks, but we can break tackles like Ben did in his prime. Both of them, compared themselves to Brett Ben in his prime. And they're like, that's really all the Steelers are looking for. I 
Let me ask you, is that what you're looking for? If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you looking for a classic Ben Roethlisberger? Or are you looking for an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes? So here's the thing, and this goes for a lot of Steeler fans as well. Um, we need to stop looking for the next Ben Roethlisberger because there is no next Ben Roethlisberger. Much no, like there's no, no, no there's no next Michael Vick, there's no next Brett Favre, there's no next Dan Marino, whatever you want to call it. No Peyton Manning, no Tom Brady. Nope. They just need to find a quarterback that can get the job done. I don't care how that is. I don't care if it's a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's a guy like Josh Allen. I don't care if it's a guy like Lamar Jackson. If he can get the job done, if he can win you football games, you go and get that guy. Now, obviously, that being said, the game is kind of trending towards more mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, we heard Mike Tomlin touch on that yesterday. But, I mean, this has got a lot of people talking about maybe a guy like Josh Dobbs coming in and competing for, you know, a potential no. roster spot. Again. I, I, <laughs> Let's I, put I, that I, to bed right I, now. I was going to hammer that. that you know, <laughs> no. I, I really like Josh Dobbs as a person. Um, you know, yeah. I, he was he was a fun guy to watch play football in the preseason, but there's yeah. not a chance that man is going to come into the organization and then not only compete, but win a starting job just because he is mobile. That, that is not how things work. Not a chance. Not a chance. Look, and I love Josh Dobbs, just like you said. And I think Josh Dobbs is a great addition to a football team. I think he's the perfect practice squad guy. I think he's extremely smart, somebody that you kind of want on the sidelines on Sundays. He's not a starting quarterback. He's not even close to a starting quarterback. So let's just put that to bed. If I hear anything different, I'll let everybody know. Until then, I Noah Strackbine can confirm. Josh Dobbs is not going to be the starting quarterback. I think he's, like you said, he's a really good piece to have in the quarterback room. I I think he's a really solid guy to have in there. But when push comes to shove, like, I don't feel comfortable rolling him out. But I also don't feel super comfortable in rolling a guy like Haskins or Mason Rudolph out there. But I do feel a little bit more comfortable with Rudolph out there as opposed to Josh Dobbs. So I I do have a feeling – yeah, that's the gap right there. It's a significant gap, I think, it is. between your comfortability and both of those guys. So I, I have a feeling we this won't be the last time we're talking about Mason or Dwayne or whatever quarterback you want to throw in, whether it be through the NFL draft, through free agency, or, you know, this maybe won't be the even, last time we talk about it in the next seven days. Oh, dude, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. So speaking of exit interviews, uh, Steelers corner, Akella Witherspoon, who actually came on very, very strong at the end of the season, I remember talking with our man, uh, Jose Sanchez from the 49ers SI site, right whenever he was acquired and not very great Dang. things were said about him, but we were told it, it all depends. If he goes out there and he wants to play like a starting corner, he can play like a starting corner. And no, I, I think we saw a little bit of that trailing toward the end of the season. Um, you know, with Joe Hayden's injury, somebody had to step up in that secondary. It wasn't James Pierre. It was a killer Witherspoon and Witherspoon made plays when he had to pretty much. Of course he got burned every now and then what corner doesn't, but Witherspoon has now put himself in a position to where one Steeler fans want him back next year. And two, he could probably make a little bit of dough depending on what he's looking for. Is that in Pittsburgh? Is that out of Pittsburgh? He had his exit interview with the Steelers earlier. And I thought that's what you take from it because it sounds like, he wants to come back, but I mean, the paycheck might be a little bit different. Yeah, I think that it, it's it's very open right now. And I think he understands that it's very open right now. It's It was a feel that he would like to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers if the opportunity is here for him. He doesn't want to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers if he's going to be a backup. He also doesn't want to go somewhere else where he's probably going to be a backup. But I feel like he's got enough confidence in himself 
to be a starting quarterback cornerback if he has to compete. And I think that's where the, the divide comes in right now. Truthfully, Akello played himself out of Pittsburgh. Now the Steelers have to bring him back into Pittsburgh because somebody out there is going to be like, okay, this guy could be a starting cornerback or at least an option for a starting cornerback. And he's not really nervous about that. I also took, took that he he's, I don't want to say he's hesitant, but I think he's a little scarred from the Seattle issue from showing up in Seattle, signing a deal there and then being shipped to Pittsburgh, you know, pretty much the day before the season. That's not a good situation to be in for a corner. It definitely set him back throughout the year, as we saw. And I I don't think he wants to do that again. I think that that screwed up his whole season. I think that he understands that once he gets a flow going, he'll be fine. I don't, at the same time, if you're the Steelers, you're not going to go into this offseason thinking Akella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton are going to be the only two starting cornerbacks that you have on the roster. You're definitely going to go get somebody, right? Oh, you know, you have to, whether it be through free agency or the NFL draft. And one thing I, I did also want to bring up as well is the Steelers were working with like a, uh, a patch secondary, I, I guess is what you can call it. And Witherspoon did come in and he did play good down the stretch. I will give him that. But I mean, how how good can you expect him to be? How consistent can you expect him to be? moving forward on a full-time basis because remember heading into this year james pierre kind of did the same thing pierre looked good and the small flashes that we saw him playing everybody expected him to kind of be that guy moving forward over a 17 game schedule and he just simply wasn't um so i I think that that might be what's holding me back at least mentally from expecting big things out of witherspoon you know typically those guys that bounce from team to team aren't necessarily the guys who are going to solidify a secondary. So I, I feel like whether it be just for the immediate future or, you know, for the next three to five years down the road, you, you got to get somebody else to at very, very minimum push the competition level into Steelers secondary room because Lord knows they need it. Yeah. They, I think you have to, first off, the draft class is so deep in cornerbacks yeah. this season that you have to get a cornerback in the draft. You have to, even if you whiff on one completely, you have to take a shot at it. I don't think whoever they do bring in is going to challenge Witherspoon for the starting job. I think it does add competition, but I think that's a difference. You know what I mean? I think that he's going to walk into the season expecting to be the starter unless he throws himself out of it, which could happen. I I think if they get somebody early, and I mean early like round one or round two, I, I would definitely expect whoever they pick to at least push for a starting job right away. Do you like J.C. Jackson? Actually, good. I, I think it'll depend on how much money he would want. But I did, one thing I am seeing a lot is, you know, at least on Steelers Twitter, a lot of people talking about the cap space that the Steelers have and how it's basically a unprecedented, unprecedented amount. It's a big word for Elmo, unprecedented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember, like, there's a bunch of guys that are going to need to be re-signed in-house before that money can even be thought of spending that money on the open market. Uh, you know, guys like Minka, um, you know, or certainly going to be due for a payday. Deontay Johnson, you're kind of getting them there. You know, whether or not the team is bringing back a guy like Juju is also, you know, another option that they need to look at. Joe Hayden, maybe, you know, depending on what kind of money he wants to get. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys the Steelers would probably prefer to kind of take care of business inside of their own walls before they go out and venture to other pieces. But no, I, I definitely agree. If you're going to spend money on any position group, it's got to be either the secondary or the offensive line moving forward. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, before we we move on here, I want to get to another mostos. I've been trying to figure this out for a while. Mostos. Mostos. All right, all right. We're gonna go mostos. If we're we apologize. Um, is there actually a chance Matt Canada's good? We'll touch on this real quick. Um, give him a mobile quarterback. Places the you know the ability to move out of the pocket. Middle of the pack O line. I think middle of the pack O line is a big jump from where they're at right now. Moe's, oh, or Moss. Moe's or Moss. All right, we got it right. We got it right. Yeah. We appreciate you. Um, middle of the pack, can he be better? I think we talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, but say that everything goes right. Say they do have a decent offensive line cup next season. You got to spend some money in free agency. You also have to draft somebody. I don't even care about the quarterback situation. I, I just I just don't. I Say this quarterback situation is three pretty average guys, because I think that's what they're going to get at best, three pretty average guys. Yep. You fix the offensive line. Can Matt Canada work? Because that's what it's going to come down to. Can Matt Canada get his offense to win, not can this offense win with Matt Canada? No, I, I agree. I think as an NFL offensive coordinator, it all comes down to what you can do with the guys that you have. This isn't college where you recruit guys to fit in a specific scheme. Like you, you have to work with what you're given with or else you're not going to get a paycheck moving forward. Uh, you know, Matt Kidda, it's very obvious that he's going to be given another year. And so we'll, we'll see what he can do. I, I do think Ben's lack of mobility did play a little bit of uh, issues in the offense that he wanted to run. I do think the Steelers' lack of offensive line help also played an issue. And I also think some of the inconsistencies with the receiving core also didn't exactly help either. But that being said, um, it, this offense was not like the offense we saw in 2019, where it was just abysmal on like all areas to where you basically yeah. threw 2019 out the window. Um, but it, just in terms of like play calling, um, game management, decision-making, there's a lot left to be desired from Canada. We'll see if that change. I, I, I don't know. Like Matt Canada is a very big mystery right now heading into next season. And and I get the upside with it, which is why so many people, including me were very excited to have him over a guy like Randy Fickner moving into 2021. But bro, one year recap. Nah, this dude's not it. And I'm just not sure what needs to change heading into 2022 to convince people like me. Otherwise. I, I agree with you. I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I think the whole thing doesn't even come down to Matt Canada. I think that a good offensive coordinator, and we'll find out if Matt Canada is a good offensive coordinator, but I think a good offensive coordinator can't do a damn thing without an offensive line. So I think the biggest thing here is I think people got to start moving away from this first-round quarterback if you're going to start talking about Matt Canada because that's two totally different conversations. If you want this offense to be good, you don't draft a quarterback in the first round. You draft, you draft an offensive lineman. That's what you do. That's the, that's the big you could Mason Rudolph starting is a much better option than Kenny Pickett starting with the offensive line that the Steelers have. And it can't get better. You can add somebody in free agency. You have three positions on that offensive line. If you feel good in Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson to move forward with really Dan Moore is the only guy that you could say that's a solidified starter in 2022. So. If you agree that they should move forward and build an offensive line, you'll find out how good Matt Canada is. If you want a first-round quarterback, you don't ha- you can't judge Matt Canada again because this is still a team worth building. And I think that's the you know that's where we're going to end up 
I think the Steelers kind of understand that, but we'll see. Um, a defensive tackle. Really? I quick. don't know. That depends really on quick. a lot of things. Next year? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like next year. I, I am all for getting a defensive tackle early. I want to give Alu Alu one more year. I, I, I still want to squeeze anything I can left out of that man just because, like, I, I know there's still some valuable play left. And the, the, the Steelers do seem to like a handful of their defensive interior linemen. So I, 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 I really don't think that, like, that's going to be a priority this year. But, like, next year or, like, moving forward, absolutely. I am all for that. Uh, me too. But you have to – I mean, to some, Chris Wormley played well. You're hoping that Stefan Tewitt's coming back. Um, Isaiah Loudermilk is a building block for the future, and I think he's going to be very good in the next two or three years. Um, and Monty Adams could be a piece moving forward. So I think yeah. defensive tackles, a, a big question mark. And if everything could work out, if they could get Tyson and Stefan back, I don't even think you need to touch it. If they don't come back, then you obviously have to address it and yeah. definitely address it big time. I think inside linebacker would be an even bigger one. Nick's got a, a question about the offensive line here. How do you go about rebuilding? I think we just kind of touched on a little bit about it. I personally think you have to at least sign one person in free agency, one splash offensive lineman, not a Trey Turner, somebody actually like a Rodney Hudson. If they, if they went out and yeah. made the move that the Arizona made, I think that's a great piece. Dude, they then, for a third round pick, man. That's what I'm saying. You go yeah. out and make a splash move for an offensive lineman. You fill at least one spot. You hope, hope that Kendrick Green has enough in him to play guard in the NFL and then you got to take a chance maybe on Kevin Dotson and you draft a center. If that, if, the, if I did, if that's how, if it was me, if I had to pick how this is done and we have to see all the options first, but I say you, you draft either tackle or center, you, you sign the other one. And then you hope Kevin Dotson and Kendrick green got enough in them. Just enough. That's they don't need to be stars. Just enough. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, really quick. Touching on Nick's comment of how to rebuild the offensive line, I'm a big fan of moving through the draft. Um, I was kind of pounding the table for them to take an offensive lineman all throughout the year. Last year, heading up into the draft, I still think that's the way to go. And I think that's more than evident after watching the offensive line play this year. Um, I do agree with Noah that, you know, getting one guy through free agency would probably pay dividends um, just in terms of leadership and just, you know, filling holes now, uh, you know, rather than later. Uh, moving on, though, because this is a topic that we do need to hit before we bounce out of here. Presley Harvin, man. Presley Dude, best Harvin exit interview a ever. lot of flack from Steelers Nation, including yours truly, yep. about his play down the stretch. Uh, it, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. And, uh, you know, for a guy who had a lot of hype going into the year, I mean, that dude, we saw him boot it in college, and that, that was just not the punter we saw for majority of the season. Um, obviously, the news came out that he was dealing with some family stuff, and obviously after that, a lot of people backed out. We actually heard from Presley. We we heard it come from the horse's mouth, and you know, for that, I was talking to you before we even launched the podcast. That rarely have ever seen a, a player open up to media members like we saw from Presley. Presley, you've mentioned mental toughness a couple times off the field. What was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself this season? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a good question. Uh, I think the biggest thing mentally that I've, you know, kind of found about myself off the field um, was that it's okay to, you know, not be okay sometimes. Uh, these last couple of 
these last couple of weeks have been tough. Uh, when I first found the news out about my father, it was actually Christmas morning and I was supposed to be traveling to Kansas City, but I, you know, I decided to go home. Uh, that in that moment, in that car ride back, because flights were getting canceled left and right, so I had to take a ten-hour drive back home. But on that drive back, you know, I, I took a I took a little bit of a second to reflect on what my dad told me, and the biggest thing that he told me was to, whenever the time goes when he's not going to be here anymore, was to handle my business, take care of my family, and I think that's the biggest thing that I learned during this season is, you know, my life is different now and I'm not home and, you know, I have this job of what is the NFL, but at the same time, you still have to handle your business outside of it. Um, and he really showed me that just by that easy, like small statement that he made was just to handle your business. But it showed me that, you know, you kind of have to almost live almost like two lives uh, when you're on the field or when you're in the building and outside of it. And, you know, I was trying so hard to get both of those to come together. I finally realized when he said when he said that to me that sometimes you don't have to have it come together. And sometimes that, you know, you have to reflect back to your family and the ones that's closest to you to give you that motivation during the year. Uh, I would talk to my parents, my little brother all the time during the year, but I never really sat down and just talked outside of football as much as I wanted to. It was always about, you know, how is the season going? How did practice go and stuff? You know, I never really got the opportunity as much as I wanted to because I was just so focused on doing well on the, on the field. I never really kind of focused on, you know, things outside of it, getting away from it a little bit because, you know, this stuff can make you insane sometimes, especially with how long the season is. And I feel like that's the mental part that was that was tougher during the season as the season continued to go on was how can you get away from it a little bit to motivate yourself to get back? And, you know, that was the biggest thing that he taught me. Um, just for starters here, two things. One, Bresley Harvin's shoe game is fantastic. Oh, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Fantastic. We touched on that in the exit interview. Don't you worry. Your boy made sure to make a comment. Um, and two, look, at NFL players need to be judged by their work on the field. No doubt. But we also have to take into consideration – what their lives are off the field. And that is that they're still human beings. They're still people. You know what I mean? Presley Harvin did not meet his expectations. And we continued to rant to harsh on him and, and, you know, say that Corliss should have been the guy, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> now that we know everything and, and truthfully, we should all always take a minute to kind of just step back before we judge anybody and just say, okay, you know, let's see if we can collect all the knowledge before we make an assumption. But now that we do know, I think that you have to just realize, okay, look it, we have to take these things into consideration when we evaluate somebody moving forward. Yeah, we kind of screwed up. And people booing Presley Harvin, you know, at home was awful. You know, now that we know, that was awful. Moving into this next season, you have to look at it and go, dude, look it, you could say whatever you want about his bad season. He was dealing with stuff that me and you and everybody else can't imagine dealing with in the middle yeah. of your first professional football season, playing a position that is 90% mental. So it, you have to you have to consider that. You have to, you know, think about that moving forward. And I think the other aspect of it is just that this dude's strength is phenomenal. And to be able to come out here and talk about it and kind of open up about the mental health aspect of it, of football players, is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's lie. And I was going to make the comment, too. Um, he's 23. Yeah. Bro, I, I am – 
I'm 26. I don't play in the NFL. Uh, I would be a wreck if oh, yeah. half of that stuff happened to me, let alone having, um, you know, his father and his grandmother passing away within a very, very short time frame of each other. While I having all these expectations on me, while I having people boo me whenever playing at home, uh, that's, that's a lot. And I'm sure it's weighed on him. And I'm sure he was really happy, not to get it off his chest, I guess would be the, the wrong way to put it, but just to like freely speak about it and, you know, finally have an opportunity to, you know, present all of the challenges that he was faced over the course of the last season. But also at the same time, moving forward, I, I, I do think that, um, no, there, there should be an open competition for the punter moving forward. Uh, you know, whether that's, whether if they bring Whiteman back, um, you know, whether if they bring another guy in, um, because like you said, at the end of the day, like the, the job didn't get done. Um, I, I thought he punted pretty well in, in the, in the playoff game. Unfortunately, he got, you know, one too many punts for my liking against Kansas city. Uh, so hopefully we don't see a lot of that moving forward into 2022, but it, it's just, there's a lot to discuss here. It, it's, it's a very weighted conversation as well, but at the end of the day, I think my biggest takeaway from this is that we really, really need to be considerate and just kind of, like you said, take a step back. Just, lost for words. Take a step back. Right. Just realize and put yourself in their position that there's probably a lot going on. And because like, like I, I'm, I'm not going to cut it and you're probably going to have to bleep this out. I feel like an asshole for everything I said. <laughs> about him yeah. whenever he's putting that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way that I do as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I knew these things were happening as they were happening and I was still critical of them. And I don't know, I think even at the time, like it didn't all click like that. And, and I kind of like put myself in this, this situation. I've had this conversation with other people before is that, you know, I, I'm the type of person where like my girlfriend tells me, tells tells other people constantly, like, they'll be like, oh, like, you know, Noah went into work. Like, <clears throat> for example, you know, I had a family member die, pass away, like right at the beginning of the season. And I went home for like 12 hours. Like I drove up to Scranton, went to the funeral, came back, like, and went right to work. And that's just something that I choose to do. That's the person that I am. That's the person I'll always be just, you know, something about work just kind of makes me calm. But it, it didn't, changed the fact that I was still going through it. You know what I mean? And Harvin didn't get that option. It wasn't like, you know, I could, you know, I could go back to work. It's my father just passed away. I have to go back in the work. My grandmother passed away last night and I have to go punt 12 hours later in an NFL game, you know, with people booing me. You know, I just think that we have to acknowledge that like life sucks in a lot of ways, a lot of the time and NFL players go through the same, same stuff that we go through. And, and again, like to you saying like that you feel terrible, like we don't have to feel terrible. This isn't a guilt trip and it shouldn't be a guilt trip. It shouldn't right. be every person who booed Presley Harvin sucks. It should just be an eye-opening experience. Like, oh, we could all be a little bit better moving forward. This is an opportunity to do that. And I think another aspect of this that maybe isn't getting talked about is like you said, he's 23 years old. He could have been real bitter talking about this. He could have been real angry at people. Instead, he just took like five minutes and thanked every single person, thanked the Steelers organization, talked about it to like really open up the experience and, you know, was very humbling and very, you know, outgoing. And I think that just shows just the person that he is truthfully. Well, 
he also could have done some really dumb stuff for a 23-year-old off the field in reaction to everything going on, all the pressure falling on him. Because how many times have we see the professional athlete be hit with adversity, you know, whether it be like a lost family member or anything like that. And then like we see them in the news for like something really unfortunate. Like it happens a yeah. lot. It really happens a lot. And I think the most impressive thing I took away from what we just heard from Presley, the, dude, the, the, the mental health and the, the, the capacity to understand that he wasn't openly talking about it enough with his family. That's huge, man. That, that, that is super huge. And I think at the end of the day, and it's important, man, like you have to take care of your mental health. Like that has to be a top priority because it will wear on you and it'll burn you out. And I, I think Presley saw that a little bit heading into the season. Um, I want to touch on this real quick. So Devin Bush is a prime, prime example. And I think somebody that gets a lot of hate for his play on the field. And I think there's two sides of this because Devin Bush has kind of openly admitted like, yo, if you got bit by a dog, when was that? When's the next time you'd go pet a dog in reference to like, if you got hurt on the field, when was the next time you'd go like step on the field? And I think that's a terrible excuse. Um, you're an NFL player. Like if you can't get over it, don't play football. He's also admitted that his rehab was probably the darkest time of his life. And I think that people need to take that into consideration when bagging on him. The, again, evaluate a, pay, a player's play without being super aggressive. And cha- put things into – categorize things. You know what I mean? Be able to separate on-field from off-field, and I think that yeah. makes a huge difference. I think that's something Devin Bush, you know what I mean? Like – I will never like what Devin Bush did over the off season. I, I didn't appreciate. I didn't like at all. When mm-hmm. he talked about his mental health, I, I understood, like, I still didn't like it. Still don't like it at all. But I, you know, also understood like this dude's probably going through a little bit of a tough time right now. Like, you know, he's got to work his way through it on the field play. I still think needed to be better for, for mm-hmm. my evaluation of, of decisions like fifth year option and so forth. But I did acknowledge and I will continue to acknowledge that, you know, that dude's got to get right in the head before we really know who Devin Bush is again. And I don't mean right in the head as in he's crazy. I mean, right in the head as in like, dude's probably dealing with some dark stuff the last, you know, two years as a lot of us are. And, you know, to meet that full capacity, we, we have to see what it's like when he doesn't have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. And I think Vince Williams uh, a little bit earlier in December touched on it with a Twitter thread that he did where he basically talked about, um, Devin Bush and how, you know, it, it's going to take a lot for him to, you know, fully regain confidence in, you know, that ACL rehab and, you know, trust himself to get back to 100% because more than anything, um, mentally, like you you have to kind of trust yourself, especially after coming back from a surgery like that. I mean, a, a couple of decades ago, like a torn ACL basically meant the end of your career because it was just so nice. tough to come back, you know, with, with modern medicine, and the way things are, I mean, we saw JJ Watt tear like four different things in his shoulder, and you know, <laughs> ten week, ten weeks later, come back and play yep. in, in a playoff game, which is absolutely yep. wild. Um, so you know, t- technology and medicine is getting more advanced, but I mean, the, the human brain, it, it's still there, and you know, it'll it'll still prevent you from doing some stuff. And um, you know, I, I understand that you know a lot of it may have been just him being a little bit too scared to you know go in. A lot of it may have been him overthinking. Um, you know, on the field in the middle of the action. But, I mean, like you said, like, it, it's going to have to change. He's going to get one more opportunity next year, it looks like, for him to kind of, you know, prove 
that he was indeed the guy. And we're talking about a guy who I think felt pressure from day one, one because the Steelers moved up and grabbed him as a yep. top 10, which, you know, they really never did before. And two, he was kind of like heralded as the quote unquote Ryan Shazier replacement. And yep. that's a heavy burden to carry, especially if you're playing for the Steelers, especially if, if you're playing middle linebacker, you know, carrying that kind of expectation with yourself to be a guy, not even a player, but a guy like Shazier as well. So it's a lot. And I, I definitely understand it, but the Steelers need him to be the absolute best that he can be. And, you know, I, I understand a lot of dark stuff was going on, but at the end of the day, like you said, you, you, you got to grade what you saw in the field and what we saw in the field just wasn't good enough. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of questions with Devin Bush's play are going to continue to happen. I'm glad that we had this conversation though. Let's uh, lighten it up a little bit before we uh, head out of here. Sure. Why are people still not following us? Somebody please answer this. We're at 927 followers. We need to get to 1,000 so that we can give away this jersey. Came in the mail. Very excited about it. And I'm going to show everybody on here what you're about to win. All you got to do is subscribe. That's all you got to do is subscribe. One person is about to win. We we, we don't have the funds for everybody to get one quite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody. Little Deontay Johnson. Signed jersey. 1,000 subscribers. We're giving it away to one lucky winner. Stitched straight from uh, Total Total Sports Enterprise. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. Total Sports TSC. Enterprise. TSC is just short. TSC. Um, that that also Twitter. comes with the certificate of authenticity as well. So you know that is 1,000% legit. Boom. Right there. Bada bang. Bada boom. Bada boom. Nope. We need to hit to a thousand. We're one thousand subscribers. We will give that away. We uh are at nine twenty-seven heading into the show. We hope that grew throughout the show. Um we hope to be there. We were hoping to be there by Tuesday. We weren't there yeah. on Tuesday. We're a little behind schedule. We're a little irritated by it, but we still love you guys and we're very, very appreciative of everybody who jumps on here and talks to us. See, every the Tuesday, crazy thing is that Thursday like we've got so much other stuff to give away too. Like, Dude, tons. The, the, the conversations and like the, the ideas that we have is wild, but like we, we need to hit that benchmark first. Yep. Feel? Once we hit that benchmark, it's over. You know, that's what like I feel like that's what it is. Like that's why it's so irritating because we're we're at 927. And when we hit a thousand, we have like seven different things that we want to yep. do, but we can't do them until we hit a thousand. So once we hit a thousand, everything just starts rolling. We show our appreciation to you because at the end of the day, that's all it is. Like we want to do so many cool things with you guys. Like we appreciate we this would suck if it was just me and Donnie coming on the show talking Steelers for the night for 45 minutes a week. Like I would be so bored. Used to but be it's like not. That. It used to be like that. It used to be like that. Donnie doesn't drive, he only drives bad Lamborghinis. <laughs> We've discussed this. We've discussed this. Um, make sure everybody hits that subscribe button. Tell your friends go hit that subscribe button. And when they win the jersey, make sure that you get that jersey. Also, 20% off manscaped.com. Use the promo code all Steelers. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. We talked about that for like seven minutes at the beginning of the show because their ad reads are ridiculous, but we love them and we love the merchandise that they gave us. Save your balls with Manscaped. 20% mm-hmm. off and free shipping. Promo code all Steelers. We'll be back maybe tomorrow. We still have to figure those things out. If not, we'll be back next week and we'll see you then.